Welcome back to the Papa Shrill Knows Podcast. Your boy Papa Shrill here, ready to talk some Chiefs football. And uh, we, we're coming off a rough one. So I wanted to get back uh, talking about the Chiefs. It's been a minute. I don't think I put a podcast out just uh, on the Chiefs um, since the season began. Uh, talked some MMA a couple weeks ago. I wanted to get into uh, the Chiefs podcast, and especially after you know, kind of more than halfway through the season now, kind of give uh, a few takes just on the beginning of the season where we're at. Obviously, a lot to talk about after last night, and I'm trying to kind of get a better system down i guess really uh this uh shout out to everybody that does a podcast on their own because it's not easy i feel like i get on here start rambling around and you know the film reviews on youtube as well so just trying to uh stay more focused uh, essentially when we're, we're doing these things so um just to kind of get right into it this week i'm not really uh doing that um with uh just going off this game Actually, a little bit different. I hung out, just uh, watched the game uh, with some buddies, uh, celebrated the birthdays uh, of myself and my former co-host of the Shrillbank show, Ray, as, uh, you know, just kind of hung out, watched the game, and um, so didn't really take notes on the game and things like that. Not as So not as detailed coming in, but I've got some of the stats pulled up just to kind of go back, but obviously, man, just to get right into it, the receiver room is a problem, and that's where we'll we'll start at. And I've been one to defend the receiver room a lot, and um, a lot of these these guys just because it's a it's a time thing. But at this point, you know, week eleven, I'm starting to get legitimately concerned. You know, I haven't been concerned with the offense all season long just because they're going to get it together at some point in time. They're going to get it together. You know, it feels like kind of how last year felt as well with just everybody, you know, a lot of moving parts, a lot of change to the offense and the system changing. And now this year with Matt Nagy versus having Eric Bieniemy, who had been here for years and they had everything in place. And, you know, obviously it's Andy's offense and the reason why Bieniemy kind of, you know, wasn't able to ever get that head coaching gig, which, you know, other guys did, Peterson and Nagy, and, you know, Bienemy definitely deserves a shot, but not even to get into that conversation. Just a lot of stability amongst the offense, in a way, with coaching and, and things like that. And and now with Nagy coming in, you know, there's obviously, you know, a difference that we're not going to see behind the scenes, and I don't think it's necessarily an issue, and that's not where I think the, the issue lies with the Chiefs offense is Matt Nagy. I just see a lot of that thrown around, and, you know, we miss Bienemy and not to say, you know, Bienemy was a, an amazing offensive coordinator when he was here, and I think Matt Nagy is also a great offensive coordinator, head coach, you know. I, at the end of the day, he made Trubisky look good, you know, in the beginning, at least, that he was taking them to the playoffs. So, I mean, I don't know. I think the credentials for all of Andy's offensive guys kind of speak for themselves. Look at what Doug Peterson's done. You know, not only in Philly, but now doing in Jacksonville versus what Urban Meyer did his first year there. You know, how many of her games he was there for. But, so that's not the issue. Really, I say all that to say this. That's not the issue, I don't think, is the coaching staff. And uh, just to go back to kind of my point, you get to, it's so easy to get to rambling on when you're by yourself. Nobody to bounce off of and, and stuff like that. So, again, one more time, shout out to everybody that does a podcast by themselves and uh, just gets puts a microphone in front of their face and starts talking. I don't know. I guess uh, to get into the receiver problem, 
Marquez Valdez Scantling. I mean, I've defended Scantling, you know, MVS a lot. And at this point, I feel like it's just hard to justify even defending him. And, you know, I do appreciate I've seen the tweet that he put out. And I can't remember exactly what he said. But a very humble, you know, tweet. Um, just trying to basically, you know, say he, he's working, you know, at becoming better. Appreciates the criticism, things like that. Good things to say. But I think we're kind of we're, we're getting past that. One, it's week eleven. Two, you know, MVS was the is was the same guy last year. You've got a guy that's eleven million on the cap right now for the Chiefs, and that makes up. I, I'm pretty sure that's more than everybody else combined. Uh, I'm not a hundred percent for certain, but I've got MVS's contract pulled up in front of me right now on over the cap, and you know. I think it's a there's an out next year, and I don't see I don't see the Chiefs re-signing him or picking up that option. I think there's an option on 2024, and MVS is 29 right now, so it's just man, MVS is it's just a and and the whole receiving core, you know, it's an issue. But the drops, and obviously the biggest drop of the game, reminded you of the Sky Moore drop a couple of weeks ago. Although this one would have won the game. They would have won the game. MVS catches that ball, the Chiefs win, win the game last night. And, you know, Sky Moore's wasn't, I don't want to say as bad, but, you know, you still needed a touchdown after Sky Moore catches that touchdown pass in Denver. So you can't pin that whole game on him. And obviously there's other things that were happening. There's obviously other things going on. Mahomes threw a pick. Kelsey had the fumble. You know, there's plenty of instances that, you know, this isn't the only reason the Chiefs lost. And that's another thing. And But, you know, we're all going to always magnify a late game moment like that versus Travis Kelsey's fumble. And I'm not, I can't 100% remember if it was first half or second half. But Mahomes' pick was in the first half. So when you look at, you know, the the impact it has on a game is a little bit different when you have a moment at the end of the ball game like that where MVS probably scores a touchdown if he catches that pass. And Mahomes did say he overthrew the ball, um, and I just, Mahomes is, is a great leader, I will say that, because at the end of the day, he could have absolutely eviscerated MVS on that podium last night. But he didn't. And who knows what happened in the locker room. I'm sure the locker room talk probably is not the same as what Mahomes said on the podium. But, you know, just to have the wherewithal and not, you know, drag his receivers through the mud is is a good quality to see. But at, at some point, again, you know, the media is going to do it enough. And, I mean, here I am talking about it to you guys. So, you know, obviously people are going to talk and, and all the comments. But, a lot of comments that I've seen defending MVS saying that we wouldn't have won a Super Bowl last year without him. And, you know, this is one that I I specifically didn't like. And, this, and for one simple reason, because that was one thing that I always defended Frank Clark with. Because Frank Clark was dominant in the postseason. Frank Clark postseason, or, you know, postseason Frank Clark was a different beast. And MVS was not that. MVS had one good game. And at the end of the day, when you look at it. And and I haven't dug deep into it, so excuse me if I'm missing a game here or there. 
But essentially, MVS in a year and a half with the Kansas City Chiefs have had one good football game on a $30 million contract. One good game. And all season, this is another thing I've, I've been thinking about since last night, is with my film reviews, shout out to those. Go check that out on my YouTube channel. Um, if you're not listening on the YouTube channel right now, just pop a show, YouTube channel. Go over there, check that out. If you like it, like, hit subscribe, you know, all that good stuff. All right, back to MVS. Um, you just can't justify, you know, what um, MVS has, has done. And on those film reviews, one time, there's one play all season. And I'm in the middle of the Dolphins game right now. So that'll be up at some point this week, barring any issues with the holidays, obviously. So, you know, we'll see. But my plan is to get that up this week and start working on the Eagles film review. And, um, but with MVS... One play. One play has stood out all season long. And I want to say it was the touchdown play that he had against L.A. It was. So on that play, he runs his route, runs across the field with, uh, you know, seeing Mahomes scrambling out to his right. And MVS works his way from one side of the field all the way to the other to get back in front of Patrick Mahomes. Gets open. Makes one of the biggest plays of the year for the offense. Because, I mean, this offense hasn't had a lot of big plays, right? But... That was a huge play. If MVS could be consistent like that and do these things, and it was very Travis Kelsey-esque because, you know, Kelsey will just kind of do what he feels is right. And, you know, if, if MVS could be consistent doing things like that, MVS could be a very good receiver. And, you know, I feel like all of this is not to essentially just pile on top and say MVS sucks and he's the worst guy ever. I mean, in the moment... I think I literally said out loud, this guy sucks, you know. Heat of the moment, obviously, but, you know, MVS could be so much better. And there's no excuse for it because at the end of the day, money-wise, MVS is the wide receiver one on this football team. And by snap counts, I mean, and again, that's something, I, like I said, I'm kind of just going on this one off of uh, – not too much structure and kind of just like a an, an emotional review to essentially last night and kind of what we've you know seen so you know well I'm, I'm gonna dig more into the stats and kind of see and maybe write something about it over on substack so another one papashronos.substack.com go check that out um if you want to read about the chiefs but with mvs it's just you there's one big play all season, essentially, money-wise, you're getting, you know, the top dollar in that wide receiver room. He just does not play like it. And it seems like every time that he does something good, it's followed with something really bad. The Denver game. Um, having that, the great route that he ran to turn around and fumble the ball. Get wide open. So it's been a continuous problem. Sky Moore had the big drop. Drops have just been a problem left and right. And and another one to go to Justin Watson because I'm pretty high on Justin Watson at this point. And I know last night I saw a lot of people also talking about, you know, how terrible Justin Watson is and, and things like that. But you got to put it in perspective. When you're talking about Justin Watson, you're, gonna, you're talking about a guy that's a $1 million cap hit versus when we're talking about MVS that's an $11 million cap hit for 2023 different expectations between those two wildly different expectations between those two and Justin Watson is outperforming Marquez Valdez Scantling and that just can't happen 
last night to look at the stats very quickly just to kind of go um, with it. Five catches for 53 yards and a touchdown for Justin Watson. Now, he was targeted 11 times. And I'm not sure if it was one or two multiple drops, but um, he had some drops in there. He's had some drops in there throughout the season, right? Um, But again, when you're looking at the contract values versus the expectations, Justin Watson is wildly outplaying his expectations, in my opinion. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is wildly underperforming for his expectations. And I, you know, I feel like at that point, I'd say in my opinion, I mean, it's just, it is what it is. I think uh, Ray pointed out to me, MVS has like 14 catches this year. So it was something like that. No catches last night on three targets. Not a single one. Rasheed Rice caught four passes for 42 yards. And this is something I said last night. Um, talking on Monday night, I guess. Uh, talking about, uh, talking with Ray while we were watching the game. And just saying, I, I understand that they're not wanting to put everything into Rasheed Rice at this point in time. Just because you got a rookie. He's learning the system. You know, he has had his ups and downs. So I do kind of understand that. You know, next year I fully expect Rasheed Rice, unless the Chiefs go out and sign, you know, some huge name free agent, you know, a T. Higgins or something like that, which, you know, obviously all just hearsay because, I mean, I don't know what the cap breakdown would be, what the contract would be like for that. But either way, Rasheed Rice, I totally expect him to be put in that number one role next year and him to be targeted heavily and a huge part of the offense. But not only... To say that, but just to show the trust that Mahomes has in Justin Watson and some of the crazy plays he's made this season, I feel like almost every play I can think of from a wide receiver, like, you know, man, that was a great play, Justin Watson was always on the receiving end of those plays. A lot of great sideline catches that he's had throughout the season, and I've, you know, pointed them out many times on the film reviews here and there, and, you know, have 11 targets just to see that he had two more targets than Travis Kelsey. 11 targets. I mean, Mahomes has a lot of faith in Justin Watson. It's I think it's very obvious just looking at the breakdown. Nine targets for Kelsey, seven catches for 44 yards. Um, those two were the two with the touchdowns. Obviously, Kelsey had the, the lost fumble that really hurt the Chiefs. Um, Kadarius Toney getting in the mix, two targets. He caught both of them for 12 yards. That's a big positive. Had a great game in the punt returns. McCole Hardman, same exact stat line. Two catches for 12 yards on two targets. You know, good to see guys, you know, catching all their targets. Um, And Mahomes didn't have a great game last night. Mahomes had a bad game, you know, and we'll call a spade a spade, I feel, because you can't put everything on MVS. And and kind of going back to what I said earlier, so now here I'm getting to a rambling point, but just to say it one more time of um, those those late game moments we're always going to, you know, put more emphasis on. But Mahomes, 24-43, 177 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, longest pass was 17 yards versus Jalen Hurts' longest pass was 41 yards. Now, Mahomes still outplayed Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts had a terrible game, 150 yards, uh, 14 of 22. And they only threw the ball 22 times, and I, I didn't look into the stats with the Eagles. I've been kind of slacking, you know, this last week or so. Um, But... So I don't know what their average is, what they're throwing a game, how many times they're throwing, but just 22 attempts, 150 yards, one interception, no touchdowns, and got sacked five times. It was the turf, right? It was the turf. That's what the defensive line of the Eagles was saying um, 
in the Super Bowl, right? Five sacks by the Chiefs defense. One lone sack for the Eagles by Hassan Reddick. I think it was the opening drive of the game. I don't know. I think the Chiefs defense, the the pass rush is, is better than the Eagles at this point. Granted, we're talking about a whole new team, whole new season. You know, I just wanted to bring that up because, you know, why not? <laughs> Running wise is still a problem for the defense though. Rushing the uh the rush defense is still a problem. Six point three yards per carry last night for DeAndre Smith Swift on Monday night. That's an issue. Um but all in all, I mean the defense is, is able to work around it. But that's when the Eagles had their most success. Their, their most successful drive where they scored that uh, touchdown. I think it was the Jalen Hurts, the 10-yard run, not the tush-push he got. But that drive, they ran the ball so well is what I was getting at. They ran the ball so well and got the ball right down the field. And it's always the big chunks. And I, I feel like that's how the Chiefs' defense really operates. Either you're seeing a, a loss, one- or two-yard gain, or you're seeing a 10 to 15 yard gain on the ground against the Chiefs. So tough. But AJ Brown, I feel like this is another and and this is one thing, you know, we can also look at the positives because the offense right now is a I don't want to say a complete dumpster fire, but it's getting close, I feel like. It's getting close. I think it was the stat was that I saw last night that Chiefs are scoring 5.3 points per game in the second half. Five points a game in the second half alone. They didn't score a single point in the second half. They haven't scored a single point in the second half of the last two games they've played. In Germany, they scored 21 points in the first half. That was enough to hold on. Monday night, they scored 17 points in the first half. It was not enough to hold on. And you knew that from the, the Dolphins game. That was one thing that I, I kept thinking about in the Dolphins game. We The Chiefs really got extremely lucky. And... Mixed with the best defense in football, and I absolutely think they're the best defense in football right now. And just to go to that stat line, one catch on four targets for eight yards for A.J. Brown. Now, Devontae Smith did get his, and, you know, I ain't even mad at it because Devontae Smith's on my fantasy team. But um, six catches for 99 yards on eight targets. So... The way that they are, are playing, wide receiver, t- if you have a strong wide receiver too, or at least a, a couple of really good receivers, I think that's the way you can kind of beat the Chiefs through the air to a point. But again, even those 99 yards, I mean, that's pretty much everything Hurts through for, throwing for 150 total. So all in all, I mean, still, you know, one guy had a, had a nice stat line. But that was it. And just to go to, so the Chiefs lost the turnover battle. The Chiefs turned the ball over twice versus the Eagles turning the ball over one time. The Chiefs still ran 20 more offensive plays than the Eagles and had about five minutes more possession time in four minutes. 74 offensive plays versus 54 offensive plays for the Eagles. To me, that just goes to show how well this Chiefs defense or Chiefs defense is playing and how good the Chiefs defense is. They hold the Eagles to 3 for 11 on third down. However, the Eagles were 3 for 3 in the red zone. 
versus the Chiefs going two for four in the red zone. Chiefs eight of seventeen on third down, and and not only that is a, another thing of forty seven percent to twenty seven percent. I mean, very good, but you got to third down six more times than the Eagles did, and and those are the the moments that worry me on the drives now at this point. You know, it's funny where we've we've come from and where we're at now just to see, you know, the feel of the game, at least for me personally, how I feel during the game of, you know, we, okay, we picked up four or five yards there, we got a second down, and then, you know, we'll have a run, the Chiefs will have a run play of a yard. It's like, okay, now we're at a third and four, now it's a, now we, you know, the the offense really has to make a play and, and get a first down here. So, it, it's just a different feel for this offense at this point. Completely different feel. The punt return yards are surprisingly close. 58 for the Chiefs, 53 for the Eagles. But the, the Chiefs just three punts versus the Eagles... Or uh, three three returned. The Chiefs punted the ball six times, and the Eagles punted the ball seven times. So you have one more punt by the Eagles, and you have, um, I guess that kind of balances it out a little bit. But um, but losing the turnover battle and still running 20 more plays, I mean, shout out to the defense, man. The defense has been insane. So all in all, I'm going to start to wrap this up, but to – to go with the first half and kind of just a, a wrap-up of the first half of the season or first half-ish, 10 games, just to kind of give a few takes. The The offense, again, I'm worried. I'm starting to get worried. I won't say I'm, I'm full-on worried yet. I think the Chiefs' offense can still pull it together because they show glimpses. And that's the most frustrating part being um, now going into week 12 of the season and knowing – Okay, this offense shows that they can do it. Look at the the drives, like the first drive in my, uh, in Germany against Miami. That offense moved the ball down the field ruthlessly. Um, there was no stop to that offense. The offense just came down, moved the ball straight down the field, scored a touchdown. That's what this offense can be. This offense can be that. But consistency is the issue. Consistency is the issue right now. And I think that's the, the, the number one word right now, at least for the offense. And maybe a little bit for the defense, but mainly the offense. Because consistently this offense, I think, could maybe, you know, obviously not be as, as explosive as it has been in the past. But it, it can have its moments. It's a, you know, definitely move the ball down the field, dink and dump, kind of, you know, and find your big shots. And this also falls big on Patrick Mahomes, too, because there's definitely moments where Patrick Mahomes is looking for that big shot, and it's just not there right now. And that's fine. That's okay. This offense doesn't have to be every year, you know, scoring touch, you know, 50-plus yard touchdowns, and that's how they're getting their points most of the time, or, you know, not even hitting the red zone because they're scoring from 30, 40 yards out and all these big plays. It doesn't have to be that. It, it's fine with not being that. Look at the, the, the Patriots dynasty. How many years did they have where they had explosive offenses like that? Not, not many. I mean, the only one I can truly think of off the top of my head is, uh, was that 08, you know, when they lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl. But they went undefeated. And they had the most one of the most explosive offenses of all time. Randy Moss and, you know, 
the absolutely apex of his career going to New England right there. And Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time. So it doesn't have to be that. Obviously, I think you're going to have years. You're still going to have that. you you got to have the right personnel. And, you know, with Kelsey getting older as well, you know, and they're obviously not relying on him as much as in, you know, snap count and things like that. And that's good to see because you want to preserve the longevity of Kelsey because he still has plenty to give, I think, to this team. But he doesn't need to be out there every play. And having guys like Noah Gray that can come in and, I mean, they're – you know, sometimes I, I feel like there's definitely been some, like, third downs here and there that I've seen. Kelsey's not on the field. That's kind of wild, but all right, let's see what we can do here. But you have to have – the receiving personnel is, is going to have to to change. I feel like right now, just going down the line, you your best receiver is a guy that, you know, who knows if he'll be here next year. I'm not sure what Justin Watson's age is, but – you know, being on the books for just a, a million dollars against the cap. And if if you bring him back next year, I mean, awesome. I mean, I, I don't think that there's any problem with that, and I don't think that he's going to, you know, want a contract that's anything crazy. Um, Then, you know, going down the list, what happens to McCole Hardman after this year? I don't know if I expect to see him back. If if anything, though, I could see him back in a, you know, a, you know small contract just because McColl has kind of went out and tried to see if the grass is greener on the other side, and he has a place and a role in the system. So I don't see why not that maybe he would be back next year. Rasheed Rice is obviously going to be back next year and is very solid, and I I think he improves to be the wide receiver one uh, going into next season or at some point next season and, hell, maybe even the end of this season. Um, it just depends. It depends on how much they want to throw at Rasheed Rice and how much they want to really get him involved consistently um, just because he's young and he's a rookie. And, you know, like th- this is just what we've seen from Andy and his staff. They really want to try to nurture guys and develop them. And I don't have a problem with that. It's a it's a problem right now because we don't have anything. You know, that Chiefs offense doesn't have anything around Patrick Mahomes right now. So obviously, you know, us as fans – are going to consistently, you know, scream, hey, you know, throw the ball to Rasheed Rice more. So I'm not 100% concerned with that um, because the time will come. Kadarius Toney, he's going to be back next year, and I think he has a role in this offense. And if he can stay healthy, I think, you know, look at Monday night's game with, uh, you know, the two catches for 12 yards and the punt return game. So as long as Kadarius Tony can stay healthy, I think KT definitely has a a solid role in this uh, in this receiving core. Then Sky Moore, Sky Moore is one that I'm very indifferent on, and since the Denver game, you know I I I tweeted and said never has a or maybe it's in my article, but either way. Um, Never have I had one play change my perspective of a player ever as much as that play in that game because Sky Moore is the guy that does the the dirty work. He does the hard work, and I feel like on film he shows up quite a bit, whether it's making a block, whether it's running a nice route that, you know, either he kind of, you know, he gets open on and either, you know, they're they're looking somewhere else, looking for a different route, or is, you know, getting other, you know, coverage off of other guys. Sky Moore does the little things right, and I think in time it will come. But with that drop, it just showed me 
will it come in time? Because it was right there in front of him. He had an easy touchdown dropped right in his hands to, you know, maybe set up a comeback against the Broncos in Denver. They dropped it. And if you can't execute, it doesn't matter how much you do the stuff right when no one's looking, when, you know, not the, you know, work that's going to be pointed out every time and, you know, the work that's going to be, you know, all the fans are going to be like, oh, Sky Moore is, you know, that's our guy. Because if you don't come up in those moments that you have to come up on, uh, big on, you know, does it, I mean, at the end of the day, does it matter? So the development of Sky Moore is a very interesting and intriguing one to me just because now we're, again, we're halfway through year two, a little bit more than halfway through, and he just hasn't been able to execute. I was very high on Sky Moore coming into the season, and, you know, my, my perspective on Sky Moore has changed a lot, although now a few weeks removed from that, and that, that was obviously, you know, the emotion of it happening, and, you know, that was what the day of, day after that I, I said those things. So I'm still a little bit indifferent and just, I don't want to say positive, but uh, optimistic. I'm still optimistic, but, you know, the reality of it is is who knows if Sky Moore is going to develop into what the Chiefs need. And other than that, Rasheed Rice is, or not Rasheed Rice, um, Richie James is on the roster. I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen with him um, because I did hear some talk about him and his uh, eligibility, and they were going to have to make a decision on that. So I'm not 100% sure if or when that decision has to be made um, pertaining to the IR. Either he has to come off of it or he's going to stay on it for the rest of the year. And I almost want to say it's tomorrow, the 22nd, the Chiefs have to make that move um, or decision. And I don't think that they've made a decision on it as of now. So we'll see. The, the receiving core is going to have to change. I guess I didn't even mention MVS, but, I mean, we are where we are with MVS. At this point, I don't see MVS staying with the team next year, and I don't think the Chiefs are going to want I, – I don't. I just don't see the Chiefs wanting to continue on with the MVS experiment, and I definitely don't think Patrick Mahomes is happy with the MVS experience at this point. No matter what he says to the media, I think it's pretty obvious that – you know, he's definitely had moments where we've seen on the field, you know, him calling guys out and, you know, or being upset, visibly upset and, and things like that. And, I mean, he's a competitor. It's going to happen. And, you know, shout out to MVS for being mature um, because that's just what happens when, you know, when, when plays like that are made, you know, or not made, I guess, in those situations. <laughs> really, with the MVS, you know, it's, it's going to happen. You're going to get a lot of criticism, whether it's coming from your quarterback or it's coming from the fans or the media or, you know, whoever it may be coming from. So my thoughts, though, all together on the Chiefs and spent a lot of time talking about the offense pretty much. Defense is phenomenal. Defense is on another level. And what Spags is doing with this defense, I mean, everybody that is playing a key role, I mean, Trent McDuffie's playing out of his mind. LeJarrius Sneed's playing out of his mind. And hopefully the Chiefs can keep LeJarrius Sneed as – I think it was Jeremy Fowler reported they're, on, they're in preliminary talks uh, to extend Snead. So we'll see how that goes. Um, based on the defensive line, probably not going to have Chris Jones next year at this point. But he's also playing out of his mind, playing playing great football. George Karloftis has really risen to the occasion, become you know just a, a stud 
on the field. Justin Reed has been solid. Drew Tranquil has stepped up and played an amazing role in this defense. And I was excited the moment that they signed him. I was confused a bit, but I was very excited just because of the, the little bit of uh, film that I watched here and there with the Chargers last year. That was a guy that always, it seemed like I was like, all right, this guy is, you know, Drew Tranquil is solid. So uh, very excited for that signing, and he has absolutely killed it all year. The the entire linebacking core, really just all the defense all together. Um, even Brian Cook has really stepped up. His tackling has been an issue here and there, but you know Brian Cook has has played very well for a second year guy. And the linebackers Leo Chanel and and Willie Gay, obviously, you know, just a fantastic job by the defense. So as a whole for the Chiefs, I am still very optimistic. This t- this is a team that can win a Super Bowl. I think 100%. And it's going to take a lot to change my mind on that. And at the end of the day, defense wins championships, baby. So, And I'm a defensive guy. I've always been a guy that I, I get excited, you know, having a good defense. I'd rather have a good defense than a good offense. It's fun to watch. Don't get me wrong. And it's fun to watch what Patrick Mahomes has been able to do with this team the uh, last few years. And the offense has been very stagnant this year. And it's very frustrating. But the defense, man. Um, definitely gets me very excited, and I love watching this team play week after week. And you know, I might be the only uh, sick one that uh, thinks that way, but I think a lot of Chiefs fans that grew up in the era that I grew up in of watching Justin Houston, Tom Ball, Lee, Derek Johnson, Eric Berry. Um, granted, you know, my younger days was terrible Chiefs defense, but you know, just going through that era of you know that those great defenses the Chiefs had has always kind of made me a big on defense and you know I I love watching defense and the the way Spags has manipulated offenses to get to the quarterback and you know just making those players even better than they already are um I'm very I'm still very optimistic again the Chiefs are a drop away from winning that game last night the Chiefs are a fumble away from winning that game an interception away from winning that game the Chiefs beat themselves on Monday night I don't think the Eagles beat the Chiefs. And, you know, you, you can say what you will. Call me a homer or whatever you want to want to say about that. But I think uh, – and a win's a win. So I don't – this is not me taking away from the Eagles. So I don't want it to be misconstrued as, as that necessarily. But it it is frustrating as a Chiefs fan and, you know, now, you know, trying to cover the Chiefs. Of It seems like every time they lose, it's always self-inflicted. It's always, and I'm sure plenty of teams go through that. And I'm, I'm sure there's, you know, millions of times, you know, that's that's how that is. And good teams, you know, teams with the talent that the Chiefs have, they're, you know, they're going to beat themselves. That's how, that's how they're going to lose a lot of times. So, for me... It, it makes me less worried about what this team can do because at the end of the day when, you know, it's time to go, it's it's playoff time, it's win or go home. Andy Reid, if, and if it's one thing I've learned about Andy Reid, watching him all these years, he's never going to pull out everything in the regular season. You know, it's, it's going to be a, a scaled-back Chiefs team, which is frustrating as a fan. It's frustrating to watch sometimes, but I get it. Because it's winning Super Bowls, <laughs> and at the end of the day, I mean, what are we here to do? We're, we're, you know, you're here to win a win a championship, and if you're not playing to win a championship, you know, I don't know why you're playing at a professional level. So, I'm not worried about the Chiefs. I still think they're going to make a deep run in the playoffs. The only thing about it now, though, 
is the home field advantage aspect and that you're going to have to start watching because the Ravens are playing some really good football right now and you know the Chiefs and Ravens are right there and really the I think really I think the only team that poses the threat to possibly take that you know home field advantage throughout away from the Chiefs so but I'm very optimistic I think this team still makes a deep run and Honestly, there's not a t- there's still not a team in the AFC that really worries me 100%. And at this point, after seeing that Chiefs game versus the Eagles, there's not really a team in the NFC that worries me uh, a ton. So, with that being said, I'm going to wrap this up and get out of here. I appreciate if you listen to it. Let me know what you think about the Chiefs. Let me know um, how you're feeling right now at this point in the season. Where you think the Chiefs are going to finish up at? Are they going to get a bye? Are they going to get home field advantage throughout? Are they going to even, you know, make it past the first round? Are they going to go to the Super Bowl? Are they going to win the Super Bowl? Let me know what you think in the comments below, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's uh, on Spotify. Honestly, I don't know if you can comment on Apple Podcast, um, but I appreciate you for listening. Just one more time, kind of shout out every everything um, wherever you want to find my content. YouTube, Papa Shro, um, got film reviews coming all season long with the Chiefs. The podcast is posted there as well. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, something like that, or Substack, um, the Substack, Papa Shro knows Substack.com. The podcasts are up over there as well, um, as well as uh, my articles, um, uh, putting out you know Chiefs uh, previews, reviews whatever kind of just try to get into writing whatever i can write about but i try to stay pretty consistent with the chiefs um pre and post game blogs so other than that uh, find me over out on ig papa shro knows tiktok papa shro either way i appreciate you for listening we will uh see you next time try to get more consistent on the podcasting front and uh, I guess go cheese.